Hey, sweet friends, this is Andrea, and I'm your host for Inspire on the Go. I'm excited about the chance to talk about life, ministry, and our relationship with Jesus. I can't wait to see what God has in store. So grab a cup of coffee and join the conversation. Hey, friends, hope you're doing really well. So confession time. Um, You know, I did a radio program for a couple of years, and I hope to get back to doing that. I just love radio. Initially, I wasn't crazy about it, but I just developed such a love for radio and for that mode of communication. And so I would start my radio program by confession time. And my sweet friend, Bethany Bilson, she was my producer and then she turned into a co-host. And so we would have so much fun just doing confession time at the top of the hour. And so this is my confession time. So a couple nights ago, I recorded a video on today's post and I was outside. It was nighttime. It was beautiful. You could see the the blue sky as the sun was setting and the you know, just beautiful trees, and it was just serene. It was just picturesque, and my family was actually outside with me, and we were watching the moon because the moon's been so pretty, and then I recorded the content, and just honestly, I was like, I am a little too scattered. I'm just a little bit too scattered because that was the day that I had posted Romans 15, 13, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. And I recorded that and I I, I meant every word of it. And gosh, just the Lord was so gracious and um, just reminding us about the fact that our hope and our peace and our power are in him. And, you know, I deeply believe that. I believe deeply that our hope is more than a feeling and that it is trustful expectation in regards to the promises of God and that every promise is yes and amen in the word of God for us, that we are more than conquerors, that God um, ha- is with us and that he is for us. And that um, that verse talks about how as we trust in him, that his hope becomes our hope and that we experience peace and joy and that um, a, a power is just made available to us through Christ Jesus. And so I recorded that and shared that with you. And then I proceeded to have a really bad day. I mean, it was just like I hit the quarantine wall. Um, I don't know if you've hit that wall or not, but I was so frustrated. I was so at the end of my just patience over every little thing. And um, I proceeded to want to take every computer in my house and every phone, which I have two phones and I have two computers, uh, and I have multiple ministry accounts and different things that I have going. And I wanted to find the nearest lake or pond or bridge and toss those into the water. I was just done. And so I think it was just so many different things. I think it was the reality that, you know, I've been in my house for like, what is it, four weeks now and that um, I'm missing people. And now the way that I communicate with people is primarily through a Zoom call or through a post like this on Facebook. And so I, I just was exhausted. I was just tired. I was, I was just done, you know, and I was getting to that point where I was like, I just want to throw my hands up in the air. This is just too hard. Nothing works, you know? And so I decided to go for a walk. And really, I think that's one of the best things we can do whenever we get to that point is that we can just get outside and we can just walk it out. We can just talk to the Lord and we can just be um, just renewed through just getting outside of just the four walls of our house. And so I just put on my shoes and I I went out and I walked for almost like an hour, probably over an hour. And what happened during that walk was just truly 
so reassuring. And it, it was just a reminder that God is in the details of our life. You know, that like every single detail he is orchestrating and every single detail he is positioning us for exactly what we need. Because on that walk, I of course saw the birds and the beautiful sky and the big clouds and just the trees and just feeling the, like the breeze blow on my face. And then I saw so many people uh, that I know, like right here in my neighborhood, I saw friends, I saw neighbors, um, and I got to talk to them and I got to hear their story. And, you know, some of them are medical professionals and others are moms who are just trying to navigate this time. And um, others are, you know, empty nesters and uh, senior adults, and they're really not able to go anywhere either. And so what I was reminded of during my walk, my frustrated walk, is the heart of what our time is all about. And that is to love God and love people. And that we have the opportunity to use all means and modes of communication in order to do that. And so after I walked that thing out, uh, I came back home and I sat down and I started working on the material that I'm going to share with you today. And I really did try to record it. And then I just thought I need to sit with this a little bit longer. And so that's why we had the delay, the one day delay is because I want this to be so authentic and I want it to be so genuine and I want it to come from a, a deep place in my heart that's not frustrated or rushing anything, but that's settled into these truths. I'm asking the Lord to write these truths on my heart and my mind and for them to be so saturated in the core of who I am that the truth just comes out of me in a way that is honoring to the Lord, that is glorifying to God, and um, that's a reflection of His work in my life. So I needed to take a day and I just needed to settle into the principles and the precepts and the promises of God's word and to hear from him. And so I'm excited to come to you today and to just share that Jesus is so worthy of our praise. He is so worthy of our praise. And the first thing I say in my homework, if you take time to read that, is that I feel like my heart is just going to burst with love and with um, praise for Jesus. And everything in redemptive history pointed to the cross. Uh, Jesus was the Lamb of God who was slain before the foundation of the earth. Jesus was not plan B. Jesus was and is and always will be the only remedy for the sin problem in our life. John 14, 6 says, He is the way. He is the truth. He is the life, and no one comes to the Father except through Him. And so what we're talking about today is Jesus and His finished work. You know, the, the work He did as He came to this earth. He came to this earth, and He walked among us. Um, it, it's just a beautiful picture of the gospel. What, what Scripture says is that God demonstrated His love. He demonstrates His love in this, that while we were sinners, Christ died for us. So that means that Jesus is God's demonstrated love. He's literally um, the walking picture, the talking picture of God's love and his redemptive plan for us. And so uh, we want to dig into the life of Jesus and the ministry of Jesus. And, and so today we're going to look at the finished works of Jesus uh, during his time here on this earth. Before we jump into those five finished works, uh, let's just do a little bit of background on Jesus. Just remember that Jesus is um, 
uh, part of the Trinity. We have God the Father, Christ the Son, the Holy Spirit, our guide, all three God, three in one. Uh, Jesus is 100% God. He's not less than. Um, he always has been. He always will be. He, like God, is uncreated. Um, he is perfect. Uh, he works within the concept of the Trinity in perfect unity. Um, there are parts of that that we don't understand, but what we do understand, we fully believe. And so we are so so grateful for the work of, of God the Father, Christ the Son, the Holy Spirit, our guide. Um, Jesus came to this earth and he lived a perfect life. He died in our place, and he provides the only way for us to be saved from the penalty of sin. And so we're going to look today at the five finished works of Jesus, and then you'll go to your homework, and you will see so many scriptures, and you will see so many different truths about Jesus, and then you will be encouraged to write down those five finished works of Jesus put a this I believe statement and a scripture to go along with it, and then to read through John chapter 18. Just over the next couple of days, we're going to be reading the story of Jesus as he was heading to the cross. And so let's talk about Jesus. Let's talk about the five finished works of Jesus. The first work is his incarnation. Uh, the incarnation of Jesus is the fact that he left heaven, he came to earth, and he took on flesh. Uh, that as he took on flesh and he was born of a virgin, conceived by the Holy Spirit, he was 100% God and 100% man. Um, and that made him separate. That made him unique. That made him different. That made him have the ability to step into our world and to take on um, our, our, ex our fleshly existence and to do that with perfection so that he could go to the cross in order to pay our sin penalty. There's two things that we need to know about the incarnation. And the first is the virgin birth. And the second is that he was conceived of the Holy Spirit. Uh, the virgin birth, perhaps you remember the account from the gospel of Luke, where the angel Gabriel showed up on the scene of Mary's life and greeted her. And Mary was greatly troubled by the greeting. It's one of my favorite passages in uh, the Gospels. I so love Mary's response that she was greatly troubled whenever the angel showed up on the scene of her life and said, you will conceive, you will give birth, and the one that you give birth to will be known as the Most High. And um, Mary was really honest. She said, well, how will this happen since I am a virgin? And the angel said, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and will overshadow you so that the one to be born uh, will be born um, the Son of God. And so we want to talk about the importance of the virgin birth. Uh, it was very important for Jesus's entrance into this world to be supernatural in every single way because he is from outside of us. Uh, he couldn't come through mankind because of the sin that was passed down from person to person to generation to generation through the seed of reproduction because uh, in Genesis chapter 3, we know that sin entered this world World, and it not only entered the world for Adam and Eve, it entered the world for every single individual who would be born in this world. Every human being would be plagued with sin. And so Jesus came from outside of that in a supernatural way through the virgin birth. It also showcases, the virgin birth showcases the fact that nothing is impossible with God. And the, the very 
beautiful thing about salvation is that it displays God's nothingness, uh, that he can take nothing and make something, that he can move um, an individual from spiritual death to spiritual life. That is the nothingness of God. And so the fact that Jesus came and, and was born to a virgin, it showcases God's supernatural ability at the very beginning of Jesus's time here on this earth. And the, the exclamation mark to the nothingness of God uh, is seen in Jesus's resurrection from the grave, that he overcame sin and death and um, defeat and dismay, and he crushed Satan uh, by coming up out of that grave. And so the virgin birth set the stage for um, the beautiful life of Jesus and the fact that he came from outside of us. Um, also, the conception of the Holy Spirit. Again, we have already talked about this, that uh, the seed through reproduction would pass down sin. And so uh, the fact that the Holy Spirit overshadowed uh, Mary meant that there would be no seed transferred in the process. And so uh, there's a lot of theology that goes into that, but that's a simple way to understand it, is that God was going to do something so supernatural that Jesus would come onto the scene and be fully God, fully man, so that he could take on our existence, so that he could experience life like we live, yet be without sin and be who he is. And that is God. And so we see Jesus in his incarnation. When we see him in his incarnation, we see that he has the ability to sympathize with us in our sin. And that's what scripture says is that he was tempted in every way as he lived on this earth, yet he was without sin. So that alone means he is worthy of all praise. So his incarnation is very important. Um, next, we see his crucifixion. So Jesus lived on this earth for 33 years. While he was here, he did amazing things. He healed people. He loved people. He sought, taught people. He served people. He provides the perfect example for how we are to live. Um, he was a servant leader. Uh, he did not come uh, to be served, but to serve. And so when we look at Jesus, we are taught in a real life way how to live and move and to breathe and to just um, enter into our life here on this earth. And so uh, he did amazing things. We know that at the age of 30, he entered into his public ministry. And, and that was a time whenever uh, there were miraculous signs and there were healings and there were people who were raised from the dead. All of that authenticating the fact that he is the Messiah. Um, every prophecy in the Old Testament was fulfilled. Um, every sign and wonder, every awe and wonder pointing to the fact that Jesus is God and that he is worthy of our praise. Um, you know, I remember as I was studying in the Gospels, there was just kind of that succinct moment whenever Jesus had been doing many miraculous things and there were so many people around Jesus. And then um, his teachings turned into harder teachings that, uh, that were more about life change and life transformation. And many of the crowds, they, they just slowly slipped away. And Jesus looked at the disciples and asked them, you know, are, are you going to leave too? And the disciples said, Lord, where else would we go? And that is so beautiful when we get to that point in our life, when we realize that Jesus has the answer because he is the answer. And we, we just go, Lord, where else will we go in the midst of this uncertainty, in the midst of the trials, in the midst of the tribulations? You have the answer because you are the answer. And we see the answer through the crucifixion. Um, he was sentenced to death. 
Um, he was beaten. He was flogged. Um, he wore a crown of thorns on his head. He carried the cross. They nailed him to it. Can you even imagine? Can you even imagine they cast lot for his clothes? And as he hung there on the cross, two very important things happened. He became our substitute and he satisfied God's wrath. He took our place and he bore the penalty that we deserved. And that penalty was death and it was separation from the Father. And it is through that death, burial, and resurrection that we experience life, real life. So the crucifixion, it is hard to look at, friends. Uh, but Jesus came as a baby to die as a man in order that we might have life that we might experience that transformation of the soul where we move from spiritual death to spiritual life. He paid for our sins. He freed us from the dominion of death and sin. And by his wounds, we are healed. So we see his crucifixion. The next thing that we see is that he was raised to life. He uh, was buried in a, in a tomb, in a borrowed grave, he was there for three days, but praise God, he came out defeating sin, death, disease, dismay, everything that separates us from the Father. He appeared to over 500 people, and he did amazing things during that time. We know that he had personal encounters with the disciples. We know that he um, showed himself to many of the women who were followers of Christ. Uh, he actually let disciples like Thomas put his hands in his scars uh, just to authenticate that he was alive, that he had conquered death. Uh, he reinstated Peter. If you remember, prior to Jesus's crucifixion, Peter had denied Christ three times. And so Jesus lovingly and graciously reinstated Peter and said, feed my sheep, feed my sheep, feed my sheep. You know, just as a side note, that's just such a beautiful picture of the fact that Jesus is always about redemption. And you may be listening to this today and you may think I've used all of my chances or you don't know how difficult or, or dark my past is. And just know that Jesus's love, his peace, his hope, his redemption power, it reaches to the dark places in our life and it brings forth life. And so um, do not, do not give up on redemption because Jesus has not given up on you. So he was raised and as he was raised, he conquered sin, he conquered death, he conquered disease, and he actually crushed the head of Satan. Remember when we were talking about Genesis chapter 3? and how God prophesied to Satan that he would be crushed. And this is how he was crushed. Because when Jesus came out of the grave, Jesus crushed everything that crushed us. And he provided the only way for us to be saved through his death, burial, and resurrection. So through his resurrection, we experience life. We experience the path, the only path to the full, free, abundant life uh, where we know that Jesus is the way, he is the truth, he is the life. And so um, he was raised from the dead. Praise God from that. The same power that brought Jesus out of the grave is the same power that resides in us as New Testament believers, which takes us to the fourth work. And that is that he ascended. Uh, after he saw those 500 plus believers and he met with them and he had breakfast with them and he 
you know, um, let them um, put their hands in his scars and he really um, reinstated those that needed to be reinstated. He went to the Mount of Olives and he told his followers, the disciples, he told them um, the Great Commission to go and to make disciples, to teach and to baptize. And he gave them a commission to to basically make your life about the gospel. I mean, if there was any like little nugget that I could just maybe summarize about the Great Commission, it is that to go and to tell and to teach and to proclaim um, and to make our lives about the gospel of Jesus Christ. You see, friends, we have a movement that we have given our life to, and it is the movement of the gospel in and through our lives and in and through this world. And so we must be committed to that uh, because that is the last thing that Jesus said before he went to the right hand of the Father. When Jesus went to the right hand of the Father, then the Holy Spirit came down. And the Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity. It is our, he is our guide. He is our comfort. Um, he is the one who seals us unto the day of redemption. That means once we're saved, we're always saved. And we're going to get into all the beautiful aspects of the Spirit. But just know when Jesus went to the right hand of the Father, when he ascended, the Holy Spirit came down. And the Holy Spirit comforts and guides and leads and, and protects and gives us that power so that we're able to meet the obstacles, not with our strength, but with his strength. And so we see that um, we have a, a beautiful opportunity to to be more than conquerors in Christ Jesus because Jesus is ascended to the right hand of the Father where he is seated and he's seated there. And as he is seated there, which talks to us and communicates to us about his authority over the things that happen here on this earth, he is interceding for us. He is praying for us. He is making petitions for us. And I just think that's a beautiful picture like right now to know you're not alone right now to know I'm not alone, that right now Jesus is whispering to the Father on our behalf and that he sees us in our weakness and in our struggle and in our shame and in our guilt and in our sin and that Jesus is talking to the Father right now and he's saying, Father, help them. He's saying, Father, protect them. And remember what Jesus prayed in John chapter 14, protect them by the power of your name. Like we are, we are protected by the name of God. We're protected by the power of God. We're protected by the authority of God. And that is exactly what Jesus being seated is all about, that everything now is under his feet. And so everything that happens here, it happens on his watch in a sense. So does that mean that we don't have any trouble or hardship or trial or pain? No, we're going to have that, right? Jesus himself said we're going to have that. But to know that there is not a thing that we face that is greater than our resurrected Lord, like that should bring us some hope. That should bring us some peace. So we see these five finished works of Jesus that he was incarnated, that he came and he took on flesh, uh, that he uh, was crucified, that he died in our place, that he was raised, that he conquered death, that he ascended so that the Holy Spirit could come and that he is seated right now in control and overseeing everything that's happening. That brings us truth. That brings us peace. That brings us hope during these uncertain times. And so I want you to go to your homework and I want you to look at the five finished works of Jesus. And here's what I'm going to challenge you to do today. We need to know these truths. Whenever we think of Jesus, we should think of these five things. We should think of so many more things, but we should definitely think of these five things that we know beyond a shadow of a doubt that he was born of a virgin and that he was conceived of the Holy Spirit, that he took on flesh and that he became like us 
so that he could make a way for us. We should know beyond a shadow of a doubt that when he died on the cross, he took our place and he paid the sin penalty in full. We should know beyond a shadow of a doubt that that grave was no match for our Savior, that he came up out of that grave. We should know without a doubt that he has ascended to the right hand of the Father and that the last thing he said to us was to go and tell. And we should know beyond a shadow of a doubt my friends, that he is seated at the right hand of the Father, and I envision him on the edge of his seat, just waiting for that command from the Father to go, and you bring those children home. That's our Savior. That's our God. So look at your um, homework today. Look at those five finished works. Write down each finished work. Write down a true statement about each. Find a verse of scripture. There's a ton listed for you in today's homework. And, and get that truth from the word of God and then read through John chapter 18 and see the love of your Lord, your Savior, demonstrated as he walked to Calvary on your behalf. I can't help but just end with this. Jesus is God's demonstrated love. If you ever wondered if God sees, if he loves, look at the life. Thanks for listening. I hope today's episode helps you embrace the full free abundant life that God provides. Don't forget to follow, like, and subscribe to Inspire on the Go. If you would like more encouragement to help you grow in your faith, visit my website at andrealennonministry.org. Come back next time and enjoy another episode of Inspire on the Go.